0: For you are, you are the Lord, and you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and we thank you. Lord, we we thank you for who you are and whose we are and what we have in you, Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that today that you would drive this home into our knowledge, Lord, that you, the authority of all authorities, have given us authority as the kids of the king to do your business In our families, in our workplaces, in our city, in our community, in this church. You didn't call us for it, create us for it, call us to it in order for us to sit on our hands and do nothing. That would be rebellion. But Lord, look down upon your children now. We are the assembly of the passionate. We are the ones who have called, who have been called according to your purpose. And we say, here we are, Lord, send us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If your religion does not get outside the four walls of your church, then what you have is worthless and putrid, and it will not translate into your children. I don't know if that was a strong enough statement. If you can't say amen, say oh me. But if your religion does not move outside the walls of the church, then your kids won't follow your religion. Because that's all it is. If all it is is ritual and repetition and rules, they won't want it. But if it absolutely transforms your life into a life of passion and purpose, they'll want it. Amen. That's a faith that will Pass to the next generation but if your religion rules ritual repetition if it does not affect your lifestyle and and it, and it doesn't change who you really are then that's all it is is religion and religion is nothing but rules ritual and repetition it's all about the relationship with jesus christ it's all about the relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, we've been preaching. Uh, we started last Sunday. We continue today uh, uh, on This Is Who We Are and basically sharing with you the distinctives of Sand Springs. That's just kind of uh, what this is all about. It happens to be on uh, July 4th weekend, and, uh, which is perfect for where we're going today because I, this is, it's, I love this holiday. I love this country. Can I, can I get an amen? I love this country. <laughs> Amen. This country is worth salvaging. This country is worth uh, what we put into it. And if you consider it as trash and put nothing into it, then that's exactly the views that you'll have of our nation. But it is still a wonderful nation. And uh, continues. Uh, I want you to continue to pray for your, our country. But just think back to its founding and kind of how it all started. And, and it began with uh, some, some people who wanted to lead their families in the faith. And because of a tyrant king, they said, we're going to have to go somewhere else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they all got on a boat called Mayflower. And after the first few months, only about half of them, maybe a little more than half of them, were still surviving. And so if it was that not all of them would live, then were they really doing it for their children or their grandchildren? Or were they doing it for your children and your grandchildren? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how it began. And then, uh, and that was in 1620. And then uh, as that government overreach continued to oppress and 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 press down on uh those those 13 colonies as those men of faith many of them came together they felt convicted and convinced that they needed to do something beyond that and so we have on july 4th 1776 the signing of the declaration of independence and and you know how it starts it's referring to god this is a country that was Based on this word and last Sunday I talked about our church and this based on this word and and we're going to continue to come back to this word and everything comes out of this word is how how we are as a church so let's get to the word amen James chapter 2 James chapter 2 verse 14 so as I kind of share with you a little bit about sand springs as you're finding that in your scriptures uh, let me just give you this statement. Let, let me now. Let me do this. Let me ask you a question. It's now summertime. Has anyone not heard it said, "Man, it's hot out here"? <laughs> I mean, everybody, if you can't talk about anything else, bring up the weather. So, uh, <laughs> how many of us would walk into our home and it being smoldering hot in our house? And sit down and just complain about the heat when no one's walked over to the thermostat and pushed the button. But how many Christians do exactly that? We complain about our society and we say, man, it's hot out there. I wish somebody would do something about it. Man, it's a mess out there. I wish somebody would do something about it. Well, we are people that says, we will. We'll do something about it. So here's the statement for Sand Springs. We are a thermostat and not a thermometer. Amen? Amen? We are influencers of the climate and not merely indicators of it. We are people of action. Amen? That's who we are. That's what the church of Jesus Christ ought to look more like, is being people of action. Not just sitting in our churches. Man, we we know this so well, we could win any Bible trivia challenge. and, And yet... Not moving to action. Amen. This is what I would call a foghorn Christian yeah. And the world has heard of enough, heard enough of foghorn Christians. These are people that alert everybody to the problem, but don't do anything about it. You know what a foghorn y'all, y'all follow them, right? Yeah. They're loud, obnoxious, and once you've heard them long enough, they really become quite irritating. You know what I'm talking about? Do I need to demonstrate? Do I need to? I mean, just, just really, after a while, I was just like, shut up. And some of the church, is what, that's what the community is saying. Yeah. We've heard enough, but you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything, and so may we be a people who uh, are influencers of the climate and not just indicators of it. James chapter 2, verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Let me quickly kind of break down verse 14 with that question, can faith save you? Yes, faith can save you. But James is describing the difference between a workless faith, which is a worthless faith. Well, that just kind came to me. It's a gift. It just comes. It just comes. (laughs) A workless faith is a worthless faith. Amen. You are not saved by works, but you are saved for works. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says it is by grace through faith that you have been saved, not of works lest anyone should boast. But then verse 10 says, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance that you should walk in them. So so you're not saved by works. You didn't work your way into salvation. But it's an indicator that you are saved if you serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. So Peter, uh, I mean, James here is making the point of of, uh, if you're truly saved, it's going to flesh out. In your activity. Verse 15, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. In other words, oh, God bless you, I'm going to pray for you. And yet you have the ability to help that individual. And you say, oh, I'm sorry for what you're going through. We'll pray for you. They're hungry. They appreciate your prayer, but they'd rather have a meal. Amen? James is saying, you... Your religion hasn't translated into your life, so he goes on to say, "What does it profit?" Verse seventeen. Thus, also, faith by itself, it does not. If it does not have works, is dead. But if someone will say, "You have faith, and I have works," show me your faith without your works. Show me. Show me you have faith. If you don't do anything, well, you can't. And that's James's point. Uh, faith fleshes itself out of works. If you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there's one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. In other words, it's going back to this business of faith. We've got kind of two types of faith, really. Uh, and it's there, are, there aren't two types of faith, but this comes back to this word faith, which is the fundamental word for our Belief in Christ. And some think it's just mental ascent. You ever heard the phrase, man, he missed heaven by 18 inches? Yeah. He had a lot of knowledge, but it never went into belief. Missed heaven by 18 inches. Now we have some brothers, like our brother Robert Horton up here, that I think he's going to make heaven if he don't run past it. <laughs> Love, love our brother. <laughs> but, but it is James is making the point of some just have a mental assent of the facts. Even the demons do. Yeah. Uh, they, they have the knowledge. They know that Jesus is the Christ, but they don't serve Him as the Christ. Right. No, and so he he's making this point is it goes beyond just knowledge. Let me repeat what I said. I think I said it Wednesday night or Sunday morning. I can't even remember anymore. But a thought repeated becomes a knowledge. Everybody tracking with me? You think on it, think on it, and pretty soon you know it. You know it. I I have a a truth that I, I think on it pretty soon. I know it. But a knowledge repeated becomes a belief. How do I know when it becomes a belief? When a crisis hits, How do I feel about the knowledge that I had? And if I feel that it is trustworthy, I will move upon that belief. But if it is only a knowledge, I will not act on that. If I believe that, if I have a knowledge that, let's let's use this. Y'all watch the, maybe you watch the uh, testimony before the service of uh, uh, a little Zayden having his thumb healed. If I have a knowledge that our God heals, then that's awesome. I, I, we could all come into agreement, our God heals. Amen, our God heals. We know it. We have a knowledge that our God heals. If you have a belief that he'll heal you and heal your children, then that will determine what you do in the moment of crisis. Because if all, if all it is is a knowledge, but if it hadn't sunk into a belief, if all it is is the knowledge that that's who he is, But it hasn't sunk into a belief that that's what he'll do for you. Then when a crisis hits, you'll go to your friends, you'll go to the doctor, you'll go to Facebook, you'll go to whatever. Then rather than God. Because it hasn't sunk into a belief. Thought becomes, a thought repeated becomes a knowledge. Knowledge repeated becomes a belief. A belief repeated becomes an action, a behavior. Behavior repeated becomes a lifestyle. And that can be either bad or good. That can be either bad or good. Let's say that the knowledge you have is a lie. You know who the father of lies is? But he reads he, he breathes into you a lie and you believe that lie from the enemy and, and 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 you think on it and you think on it and you think on it and pretty soon it becomes a a belief. After it, it becomes a knowledge, it becomes a belief. And after belief, if you believe on it long enough that that's going to that's fulfill my life. That's going to do whatever. After you believe it long enough, it won't be long. You'll move to action. You'll move to action. And then if you continue to repeat that action, it now becomes habitual, a habit. It becomes your lifestyle. All right. Well, that's enough on that. Good. Y'all with me? All right. The demons believe, and they have enough belief that they actually tremble. Verse 20, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works faith was made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted him for righteousness. And He was called the friend of God. Don't you want to be the friend of God? Amen. Don't you want to have God as your friend? Verse 24, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And so a workless faith is a worthless faith. We need to put action to our knowledge. Now I want to uh, point out some things that uh, I think is going on in the world today. I'm not trying to be a foghorn. I'm just trying to point out some things that I think, I, I think in society today, the godly has become inactive and the godless are making big, bold moves. The godly are becoming inactive and the godless don't even hide their stuff anymore. It's just in your face. And a real good indicator of that is the fact that when we go to the voting booth, all you got to do is look at the numbers. And it says, if the church would just vote, our country would be different right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be different. But the godly seem to be inactive. We just won't even do something as simple as vote. Yeah. As simple as vote biblical values. But the godless, they're making big, bold moves, not hiding a thing anymore. And so this, this ought to disturb us. This ought to move us to action. But what oftentimes it does, it causes us to become cynical. It causes us to, you know, kind of look with a stank eye at our country. <laughs> uh, oh, it's still an awesome country. But here's some of the things that happen. And I'm just, uh, uh, this, is, this is just my thoughts, all right? I believe that there's this thing called social media that causes Christians, causes the godly to become delusional. Now, I'm not saying don't use it. God can use that in amazing and awesome ways. But here's what I think uh, those who are bold uh, often do. They will make a big, bold statement on social media thinking, look what I have done. I am I am." creating change right here. I'm making this big, bold statement on social media. And guess who only sees that big, bold statement? Your friends who have your same values. And they all applaud you. And you think, look what I did. I created change. You ain't did no such thing. <laughs> I know well, that ain't good English, but it's good. Uh, you did not create change by speaking to your peers the very things that they agree with you on. So, so what we do, we, we do that, we make these big bold statements and then we say, look, I'm one of those who are active in making change and you're really not and you just become delusional and you're not doing anything in the community. You're only doing this and thinking you did something. You didn't do anything. Sorry to bust your bubble, but you didn't do anything.
1: <laughs> what I would
0: encourage you to do is to move to action. We always encourage people to move in action. And if your faith doesn't get outside these four walls, then I don't think you got anything. Let me take it to scripture again. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. Now remember, as you're finding that, I'm gonna read again what I just read. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Here's what Jesus said. Matthew 25:31, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, every people group. And he will separate them one from another, not people group from people group, but two groups. Yeah. Sheep and goats. Verse 33, he will set the sheep on his right and goats on his left, but the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And feed you, or thirsty, and give you a drink. When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, "Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it unto me. So so there's that person that can't pay us back, and, and they're, they're, they're just down and out and have no ability to pull themselves up out of it. And, and, and you come along and you love on them and you help them. And, 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 and Jesus comes along and says, You did that to me. Oh, I didn't even know it was you, Lord. I just saw someone created in the image of God who needed your love, that needed your help, and I wanted to help them the way you would help them, God. He said, When you did that to them, I took it personal. And then. He speaks up and says, verse 41, Then he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. Thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in. Naked, you did not clothe me. Sick in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger, naked or sick or in prison, not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, as surely as I say to you, as surely I say to you, inasmuch as, could y'all repeat this with me? You did not do it. I want to try that again. Repeat with me. You did not do it. Well, if we'd known it was you, if we'd known it was you, we'd have done it. That's religion. Yeah. Yeah. That's if he, and you always show up in church, Lord. So if we'd have seen you in church and we'd have done those things, that's religion. Yeah. Relationship is he's walking alongside you and whispering in your ear, there's somebody that needs your hand of God on their life. Yeah. Yeah. There's someone who's destitute, who has lost their hope. There's someone who's hungry for love. There's someone that needs you. Amen. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you because you're that tight. Rather than, oh, I'm looking for my next spiritual act to perform, He's got, it got real up in here, by the way, yeah, got real. He said, "You did not do it to one of the least of these." Yeah. We didn't know it was you." He said, "But you didn't do it." Yeah. And I took it personal. Just the same as the person that didn't know it was Jesus when they did it to the least, he said, "I take that personal." So, too, the one who did not do it to the least, he said, I take that personal. You didn't do it to me. Verse 46, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Now it just got real serious when you're dealing with the fact that just simple knowledge does not equal salvation. Does not equal salvation. Here's people that had the knowledge, but their lives did not indicate that there was anything above that there was no transformation that happens in the life of a saved individual yeah. And so we look at these passages of scripture and, and i i just think that it's so powerful to say people of god we are to be people of action yeah. amen. amen here's some actions that we in the past at sand springs have taken uh there's just a few i'm just going to name off a few uh, in December uh, or the fall of 99, the Lord opened up my understanding. It was actually kind of like a year in coming, my understanding of the power of communion. That faith action that is reminding ourselves that Jesus Christ performed everything that we possibly need with this crucifixion and, and give us access to the power of and authority of God through it. Well, in January of 2020, there was a lot of preachers around preaching on great vision, 2020 vision. was going to be awesome. 2020 is going to be awesome. I did not feel that. (laughs) In fact, I started our sermon series in January of 2020 with hope. I felt like we were about to become a nation that needed hope. If you don't remember what happened spring of 2020, then uh, where were you? (laughs) When COVID hit. Yeah. And they were telling everybody, you know, close the doors, get inside your houses, all that kind of stuff. What the Lord showed me, that one word that we sang about, he gave me a word. Let's go back to communion. And, and, and every night at 6 p.m. and Facebook Live, see, social media. On Facebook Live, Sand Springs gathered together and we took communion together. And the Lord said, I will make a distinction with you, just like I made a distinction between the Israelites and the Egyptians when that first communion was taken, Passover. Yeah. In a church our size, we should have had numerous deaths due to COVID. But of those who were actively attending and taking communion together, you know how many deaths we had? Zero. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> Amen. And then we're one that's always preaching that our God is trustworthy and you can trust him. So live by faith and not by fear. There are others who said that, but they didn't show back up to church. It's real easy to live by faith when all you're doing is looking at a TV screen. But we opened the doors to the church and said, we're going to have church. Our God's trustworthy and we can count on him. And, uh, and, and by the way, uh, I think that translated in the lives of a lot of believers that said, what happened to that preaching that says that we can trust God and put faith in him to be a protector and a provider. And then when the COVID hits, we all come scurrying back into our homes and hide behind our TV screens. I said, no, 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 no. That's that's we can trust our God and I'll show you. And we did community involvement. All kinds of Christians talk about we ought to be involved in a community Sand Springs, we are involved in the community. Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for people who, will, who will, will be a voice for Christ in their schools and their workplaces and in the public forum. And so we, we are involved in the community. Fatherlessness. How many of us know that fatherlessness is like the pandemic of our nation? I don't know a church that doesn't believe that. The sand Springs, we say we won't even just, just mention it without doing something about it. And so today, uh, this sermon is brought to you by Fathers in the Field. <laughs> first, this is the first time I've ever just preached in a t-shirt. I've never done it before. But I thought, man, this is, this is a good thing. Fathers in the Field is a ministry in which men will take fatherless boys and do outdoor events with them. Whether it be go to the races or go fishing or go hunting, and and uh, I mean I just really just needed a reason to go anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> but today we have after the next service we're going to have our signing ceremony in which we as mentor fathers are committing to one more year of being a mentor father for those boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. We just finished our first year. It's so exciting, so cool to to see what uh, has happened in the lives of those young men. In just one year, we're 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 not ones just say there's an issue here. Foghorns do that, but we say we want to do something about it. So fatherlessness, yes, it's a problem. Church, it's a problem. You can do something about. You can get involved. You don't have to be a, a mentor father with Fathers in the Field. You can be in a supporting role with Fathers in the Field. You can be involved in In His Hands children Home that we proudly support. You can be. There's so many areas that you can say, it's not enough to just say it's an issue. I'm going to do something. Amen. I think, again, I think, uh, here, here's, here's something that's my little personal thing. I got this issue. When there's a sound that just keeps going over and over and over and over, it drives me crazy. (laughs) Now, that's a problem because we own a bird hunting outfit. And with the bird hunting outfit, you have bird dogs. Bird dogs like to bark. So at 2 o'clock this morning, I am out there in my drawers, shut up! (laughs) Sorry, that that probably came right through that microphone. (laughs) tries to be crazy and uh and so that's actually your dog at two o'clock that's, that's, uh, i just can't stand to hear the same thing over and over and over it over christian when you keep saying the thing over it over it's a problem it's a problem then my question is what are you doing about it like sitting in the house and it's smoldering hot and you just say, it's so hot in here, it's so hot in here. Did you turn on the air conditioner? We are the thermostat for the community, not thermometers. We, ch- we change the world around us. We have been given the authority to do so by Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Domestic violence. Who doesn't know that that's an issue? Who doesn't see that that's wrong, that that's the problem? Sand Springs, we do something about it. We uh, We have a ministry called uh, Family Peace Project. And when Sand Spring, we, this was presented to us, I'm like, okay, we need to build a building. And yet here's this need that's going to take $10,000 a month to support that ministry. And I bring it before the Lord. Lord, what do we do? I feel like you're leading us to support those, these ladies and their children. But $10,000 a month? I got a word. God said, you take care of them, I'll take care of that building. There you go. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, let's, let's do something rather than nothing. We are people of action. And then, I've got to wrap this thing up. And then, this is just the craziest one, kind of out in left field. But uh, here lately, people have brought up, uh, as if it's something brand new, and it's like two years ago, when did y'all quit being Baptist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, who took the name Baptist off the sign? When did y'all quit? It's like two years ago. you just waking up? What? <laughs> it comes up a lot here lately for some reason. Can I share with you a little bit about that? I think you want me to. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I'm of Paul, or I'm of Apollos, or I'm Baptist, and I'm Methodist, and I'm Presbyterian, and I'm Pentecostal, and I'm Assembly of God. Same thing, right? I say to this, each of you says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, or I'm of Cephas, or I am of Christ. <laughs> Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Now, please understand that I am not saying that there's anything wrong with Baptist denominations. I'm thankful for my Baptist root, it held me to conservative beliefs and it held me to the Word of God. Amen. And I am thankful for that background. But when I came to this conviction, yeah. and it's a conviction. When I came to this conviction, I said, it's not enough to have this as a knowledge. Yeah. It has now sunk into a belief yeah. and a belief will move you to behavior, yeah. move you to action. Chapter three, verse one. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. Now, you can go up to the previous chapter in verse 10 and just read all about that. But uh, he, Paul is basically saying there's, that as a Christian, there's three types, uh, two types. As a person, there's three types. The natural person is the unsaved person. They're unsaved. Yeah. They can't hear from God. They, they, they're, they don't, they're not spiritually alive, and he's a spirit, and so they, they're not getting anything. The spiritual person is not only a Christian, but he's living by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And they're spiritually in tune with God, but a carnal person is someone who claims to be a Christian, claims that they have a belief system, and yet they're living like a lost person. It has not translated into their life. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as the carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. For you are still carnal. Man, he's hurting them, ain't he? For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Well, Lord, that's in your words. I'm just going to go by what this says. Not what seminary says, denominations say, not what public opinion says. I'm going to go what this says. I'm going to go what this says. I'm going to go by your word, Lord. And so uh, we're a people of action. It's not enough to have a knowledge. It's not enough to have a belief. Belief will move you to Action.